One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into Critical Thinking. I am not, not Andrew Coppins. I am Pat Oney. And I'm filling in for Andrew Coppins today while he is away up in Wisconsin. Uh, he is up there celebrating a very, very late Christmas um, with his family as he supposedly got the Rona over Christmas break and, and just wasn't able to go up and, and didn't feel right about it. So he and his wife stayed home in Chicago. And so now they are going up and just celebrating a late Christmas with some family. And we wish them well and, and, and hope that he is enjoying um, some, some much needed family time. In the meantime, you are stuck with me, Pat Oni. I mean, it, it could be worse. You you could be stuck with just Andrew, I guess, um, which you know you've endured before. So I I think I think we'll be okay. I think we will be okay for today. In the meantime, you can find me over on all socials at the Pat Oni Show, over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, MeWe. I am also over on Locals. It's criticalthinking.locals.com um, that you can subscribe to if you want. It's just five bucks a month. Uh, that's criticalthinking.locals.com backslash subscribe. Uh, you could also find this show over on our Rumble page. Um, it's rumble.com backslash criticalthinking. However, we are not doing a video today. Um, we are just doing audio only. And all the audio can be found over on Anchor and pretty much wherever other podcasts are played. Uh, of course, you can always listen to the show on its normal time on Mojo Five O Radio at 5 p.m. Eastern every day, Monday through Friday. You can catch my show also on Mojo Five O Radio every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern as well. Uh, you can also follow Andrew Coppins at The Coppins Show on all the respective social media channels as well. He recently joined Getter. I've been thinking about getting Getter. I here Here's my thing. I barely 
you know, manage my Facebook and my Twitter. And, and like, cause like those are the, probably the two channels I'm on the most in terms of social media. Um, th that's where I do a lot of scouring for stories and, and sharing posts and, um, what have you. And I, I barely do that. I don't do a ton of, with Instagram, even though I probably should be doing more with Instagram. I was doing a lot of stuff with the, uh, Mrs. Pat recipes when I was doing that over there on Instagram. Um, I, I may or may not bring that back at some point. We'll see. Um, we'll see how that goes. That, that was consequently taking a lot of time that I, I just didn't have. Um, and so looking at possibly bringing that back in, in some fashion, but he's been trying to talk me into getting getter and because he really likes it, 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 it works a lot like Twitter, I guess. And cause we don't know how much longer we're going to be on Facebook or Twitter for that matter, especially with how much we talk about COVID and how much the COVID topic is related on those channels. So he's been trying to talk me into to going over there, but I'm like, I, I don't know that I want to because I just, I, I barely, I struggle. I struggle just managing the social media channels I have. And I feel like everybody's mom and their dog just has, is getting more and more on social media channels. I'm like, when does it end? When does it end? But you know, he is right, though. I, I, I really do need to consider it because I know a lot of you are going over there and I want to make sure that my content is reaching you and uh, any any issues that are being brought up and, and being able to um, help others critically think through uh, different issues and topics of the day. So I'm really considering getting Getter. I just haven't yet. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So you're stuck with me today. However, if you missed... Friday show of critical thinking, or you missed my show on Saturday. First of all, you can go back and listen to them via podcast on Spreaker, Mojo Five O Radio, iHeart Radio, uh, pretty much wherever other, other podcasts are played. We're over on Anchor as well, um, and that that's also a really good distributing platform for us. Uh, so you can definitely find us on pretty much wherever any podcasts are played. So so do check that out. Um, but if you missed those shows, you missed a very big announcement. And that announcement is uh, we are having a very, very special guest tomorrow on the show. And Andrew will be back tomorrow, by the way. Um, our very special guest will be uh, Steve Dace of the Steve Dace Show on The Blaze. Uh, he recently wrote a book called Do What You Believe. And uh, if you remember, back in April-ish of last year, we had his co-host on, Todd Erzin, to talk about their book, Fauci and Bargain, which became pretty much an overnight New York Times bestseller. I mean, it, it sold very, very quickly and quickly rose up in the ranks on Amazon, of all places. And so Steve wrote another book called Do What You Believe. And uh, we're going to be having him on in the second half of the show tomorrow uh, to talk about his book. And we are very excited to have him. Um, we've, we've talked a lot about Steve and his show on, on this program because, well, frankly, Andrew and I are also both fans of the show. Um, but we are going to be talking to him about his book and we are excited uh, to hear from him and to uh, hear about what he has to say about his book and to help him promote his book. Uh, we are also going to play the Be or Not the Be with him as well. So definitely stay tuned for that. I, I'm curious to how Steve will do with the Be or Not the Be. I mean, not that there's any pressure of uh, money on the line or anything 
um, right, Izzo, if you're listening, because um, this year we are playing for $100 of Dominic Izzo's money every time we, we win the B or not the B. So hopefully, hopefully Steve doesn't cost us any money. Hopefully he uh, only helps us win some money, but we'll, we'll see. So stay tuned for tomorrow. Steve Dace from the Steve Dace Show will be on Critical Thinking with Andrew Coppins and myself. Now, to get into the meat of today's show, I I struggled with, with this topic. Partly because I am sick and tired of talking about COVID. And Andrew is sick and tired about talking about simply just the news of the day. Because, holy crap. And holy crap when it comes to this, this Rona stuff. And holy crap when it comes to the panic porn. Um, and and I know, Andrew, in the first half of the show tomorrow, we're going to be talking about some things that he actually sent me over the weekend um, in, in more detail than I'm going to, get to mention here but because I'm going to take this a different route. Um, but I, I struggled with this topic because it, it, it just, for me, hits in a very sacred place. And when it hits in a very sacred place, it it brings out a part of me that I have a love-hate relationship with. One, because I become very defensive. Because I protect the things that, that matter the most to me. And... I, I don't like it at the same time because I really hate how defensive I have to be and how hard I have to fight sometimes. And I'll do it because it means that much to me. But I hate that I have to do it with people that I thought were my friends. People that I thought were of the same values. And if anything that this these last 2 years have have taught me is that some people aren't who they pretend to be. And I think that these last 2 years have shown a lot of true colors and I think these last 2 years have shown how easily manipulated and how easily afraid some people are. Especially within our churches. And I was sitting in church yesterday and I was listening to my beautiful wife um, teach this class of four-year-old kids. And she was teaching them about Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden and partaking of the tree of of good and evil and then being cast out of the Garden of Eden. And then she proceeded to teach these kids about choice and how to make a choice and how to understand if a choice is a good or a bad choice. And she did it so beautifully and so simply. 
I was honestly in awe watching her teach these kids. But I think what I was even more in awe over is here I was at 30, here I am at 33 years old. And something had dawned on me that we are no longer, as a society, as a whole, a respecter of individual choice. And I say that because I, I read an article from the, the, the Salt Lake Tribune over the weekend about how they wanted to call upon the governor to use the National Guard to keep the unvaccinated quarantined at home and never allowed to leave ever until apparently they get vaccinated. We are no longer, apparently, as a society, apparently, a respecter of free choice, a respecter of individual choice, because I know people that I used to call friends that said, shut up, get vaccinated, save lives. You have heard me say on this very program and on my show many, many times that what is medicine for one person may be poison for another. I have a very important question to ask. Where are those choices for all individuals? The choice to determine what, what treatments they receive or don't receive based upon consulting with their doctor. Why are we still pushing an ineffective vaccine and why are we still trying to mandate it among people an even bigger question is why are churches why are churches around this country trying to enforce their general body their their audience to get vaccinated because there are literally churches that are really willing to segregate their own church bodies on the basis of their vaccination status. And then some churches are even requiring a vaccine passport. Since when did my private medical information become a valid um, a valid reason for me to enter my church and when I say me I mean the general populace thankfully this isn't happening to me but there are people that this is happening to since when since when do you need a vaccine passport to worship the Lord since when is it a requirement to get an experimental drug to worship God? Have you had enough? When is it going to be 
enough. And then I was sitting there and I was I was I was watching my wife teach. And there are actually some people out there that, that can't worship in the way that they want to right now because they are being forced into this corner. Thankfully, thankfully, the faith that I belong to has not made this requirement, at least as of yet, and I don't think they're going to. If they haven't done it by now, they're not going to. And I hope I, I remain right on this. But I, I started thinking about what, what, what choice, what choices do we have laid before us? Because you have the right to worship. You have the right to religion. It is a fundamental right. It is a human right. It is not a constitutional right constitutional right just means it is something that was made by government and if it was a right that was made by government then it is a right that can be limited and or taken away no these are god-given rights you have the god-given right to worship god how you see fit but to be segregated, to have a vaccine passport, just to enter the church. Aren't churches, especially Christian churches, aren't they supposed to, I don't know, be welcoming to all that desire to come unto Christ? Aren't they supposed to serve the very people that sit in their congregation to minister unto them, not necessarily just to preach, but to minister. And to minister is to serve, to help people find a place of spiritual healing in their life. That is ultimately what church is meant for. We don't go to church because we're perfect beings. We go to church because we are imperfect beings looking to find some peace and comfort within our souls. But no, more than that, to be in good standing with God. To be rooted in God. To be rooted in Jesus Christ. To follow his teachings. To enact them in our everyday lives. And then when we fall short to repent. It is meant to be an exercise of faith, repentance, and then eventually we get baptized. We are baptized, and for some that that means baptized being by water, and then um, being baptized by fire. In other words, being having received the Holy Ghost, and then enduring to the end. But apparently, in, in a post-COVID society, we are not allowed to do that anymore. Or at least, 
and some places in this country, we are not allowed to do that anymore at church. Because you have to be vaccinated. Then I was sitting in church yesterday as well. And I, I was listening to our bishop speak at the pulpit. And while our, um, our church leaders, at least in the, in the immediate local uh, church that I attend, they haven't really been outspoken one way or another when it comes to the vaccine, which I appreciate. They haven't been really outspoken one way or another when it comes to COVID, which I appreciate. If they've done anything, they've encouraged people to do what they have felt is necessary for them, which is what all churches should do. And everyone should be welcome at church regardless of their vaccination status, because then why haven't we, why haven't they required this for the flu or any other pandemic in, in history? Why haven't they done so? Isn't it supposed to be the responsibility of the church to lead by faith? Are they, are they leading by faith and the teachings of Jesus Christ? Or, or are they leading by the pleasures of the world? Are they trying to please the world or are they trying to please God? I have often found that pleasing God usually means going against what the world says. And it usually puts a lot of pressure on everyone to, because we have the pressures of this world. We have learned to be of the world rather than just part of the world. I would rather be of, be part of the world, but not of the world, and be of God. Be rooted in God. But the one thing that my bishop said that I, I thought was very profound in, in his brief, brief talk was, we do not have the promise of tomorrow. COVID or no COVID, we are not promised that we will be free of trials and tribulations. We are not promised that we will be free of our challenges in our life. We are not promised these things. We are not. We are only promised life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness because they are our rights. They are God-given rights. Only God, by the way, has the power to, to take away what is God-given. No government, no man should ever be, be able to take those things away. But if we are required to be so much of this world that we must disclose private health care information and disclose every decision that we ever make, Aren't we doing church wrong? Are we are churches leading by faith or by fear? It is that simple. And I think that's why we are seeing 
so much division. Because I, I my church back in the uh, times of uh, the Cold War would speak out against things like communism, would be very anti-communism. However, should churches really be involved in politics? Should they be involved with your healthcare decisions? Should they be involved with this vaccine mandate? I get, I get that people want to do what's right for them. I get that people want to be safe. I get that people want to be healthy. But again, as largely as a as a society, we are not a respecter of individual choice anymore. It is either do what the collective is doing or be forced into doing it. That is the road that we've been heading down and we've been heading down for some time. Never mind that, hey, you know what? Maybe this vaccine could be bad for me and because I think that there's some things that it, it could that could go wrong for me, I don't know that I want to take that chance of getting it. And I honestly think that that chance could be worse than COVID itself. Can't we let people just make that decision on their own? Shouldn't we be letting people make that decision on their own? It, it doesn't seem all that difficult. And I just, I just wish. My wish is that we can get back to, that our churches can get back to doing what the churches were ultimately meant to do. To administer and bring people unto Jesus Christ. To help people hear him in their daily lives. That, that is what they are meant to do. That is ultimately what they are meant to do. To serve and minister to the people. It, it is, can't be that hard. And if we can't do that, then I don't know what we're doing. Because we really don't have the promise of tomorrow. You listen to Critical Thinking right here with Andrew Coppins. I will be right back on Mojo Five right after this. If you're on Anchor, stay tuned. So Andrew Coppins is out today. He's up visiting family in Wisconsin this weekend since he didn't really get to have much of a Christmas uh, this year since he supposedly had the Rona. So I'm filling in for him. I am Pat Oni. You can follow me over on all social media channels at The Pat Oni Show. You can still follow Andrew Coppins at The Coppins Show as well. Um, he will be back tomorrow. And as I mentioned in the first half of the show, we will be having special guest Steve Dace from The Steve Dace Show on to talk about his book, uh, Do What You Believe. Um, he is of The Steve Dace Show over on The Blaze, so you can check him out. Um, we've interviewed his co-host Todd Erzin before on Fauci and Bargain. Um, and now we are actually getting the opportunity to interview Steve Dace um, tomorrow. He will be on in the second half of the show. We will be playing the B or not the B with him. And then we will be just diving right into his book and talking about his book the rest of the time. So you do not want to miss this interview. And thankfully, also with Andrew Coppins being back tomorrow, we will be back on Rumble as well. Um, today's show is just audio only, so that means you will be able to actually watch the Steve Dace interview. So thankfully, that is a thing. Um, so be sure to tune in tomorrow 
and please share it far and wide on all of your social media channels because this stuff is incredibly important and it needs to be shared far and wide, especially in today's world when our liberty and what we are what, doing what we believe is always seemingly under threat anymore. So please share that far and wide. And being that today is uh, Martin Luther King Day, um, which um, to me is, is um, a day worth celebrating, um, as it is an important day in American history. He was, Martin Luther King Jr. being a very important figure in the civil rights movement and an important figure within American history and should be remembered and, and celebrated um, to a point. Um, so uh, in honor of that, um, and considering that we cannot really play the B or not the B today with Andrew being out, um, I wanted to do something in place of that. And that is, I am going to read um, from the Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness. How to take your wokeness to the next level by canceling friends, breaking windows, and burning it all to the ground. Um, I've done this before. Um, the last time that Andrew was out and I filled in for him, um, I just took a random um, story from this book. But in instead of doing something random today, I thought I would uh, turn to the chapter that had all to do about race. And since that Andrew Coppins is not here today... And we really can't play for Dominic Izzo's money like we're supposedly doing this year, which I, I still have yet to see a check um, come from um, Mr. Dominic Izzo um, from the Rants of Izzo. So you, you might want to uh, politely remind him um, today we are going to be taking $100 of Andrew Coppin's money um, and we're just taking it. We're not winning it um, since he's not here. This is uh, this is my fee if you will. So um, today we're going to be going into um, some race from the uh, Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness. And what I thought I would start with, because Martin Luther King is probably uh, most famous for his I Have a Dream speech and talking about um, how, how he sees human beings instead of seeing them by color and then um, seeing them by the content of their character. So, I wanted to go into what the Babylon Bee had something very similar to say about this. So, it starts off, what's important about you? Use this handy guide to determine what is really important about you, your friends, your family, even your own children. So, what's important? Race, ethnicity, nationality. Genetics, skin color, ethnic culture, pigment, melanin, epidermis, top quarter inch of flesh, skin tone, unimportant, personality, thoughts, faith, opinion, individuality, name, hopes, dreams, desires, screenplay ideas, life advice, favorite kind of ice cream. And then under this, it says defining race. You might be reading and thinking, huh? That seems a little racist. Well, you're wrong. We just think we just recently changed the definition of racist to mean what everyone refuses to look at someone through the lens of race. Yep, the dictionary actually let us change the definition. We're a little surprised that they let us do that, but hey, we're not complaining. 
You may think race is just about the level of melanin in your skin. The truth is, it's much more complicated than that. There's more to being white than, than white skin, and there's more to being a person of color than dark skin. To see, to see race from a woke perspective, you must understand that there are really only two races, white people and the oppressed. Being in one of these two groups requires more than just skin color. It requires the right attitudes and ideology. Here's an important to know difference. Here's a breakdown of the characteristics of each race. We're starting with white people. Likes, likes things like liberty, the Second Amendment, capitalism. All systems specifically designed to prevent people of color from thriving. White pasty skin like a sick vampire. A disgusting condition which some believe may contribute to a lack of empathy. A member of the dominant oppress, oppressor culture. Things like mediocrity, constitutional republics, bird watching. Probably likes mayonnaise. A horrific oily concoction of concentrated pure evil whiteness. Bad at sports and dancing. Centuries of sedentary living and ruling from dark castles have taken their toll. <laughs> Shroud of evil. Literally the source of all bad in, in the world. Automatically and irredeemably racist. It's impossible to be white without being racist. I'm impossible to... It, it's impossible to be racist without being white. May have black skin too. Black people who vote Republican are actually white people in disguise. <laughs> oh, the oppressed. Good, noble, like Pocahontas or the Navi from Pandora, can include any race that is in some shade of non-white, as long as they believe all right, all the right things. Disadvantaged, it's important to teach this to kids of color from a young age. Good at sports and dancing, because they're awesome. Rich and colorful culture, like barbecue and salsa dancing, do not appropriate. Communist revolutionaries fighting to dismantle oppressive systems. This is, a, this is the most important thing about being of color. Oppressed. This is where their truth, goodness, and virtue all come from. Did you notice we emphasized one of all the features in capital lettering? This is the most important one. If you have dark skin or in poverty and experience oppression, but you disagree with the comrades who seek to tear down capitalism, then sorry, you're actually a white person. Conversely, if you're a white person, but you disagree with capitalism, well, you're still a white person, but you are one of the good, useful white people. Racial identity is one, one way, a one-way street. People of color can become white through assimilation, but white people can never become people of color. They can only become useful. And that is your excerpt today from the uh, Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness. How to take your wokeness to the next level by canceling friends, breaking windows, and burning it all to the ground. And I thought that that was probably some very apt satire for today on Martin Luther King Day.
all that being said, I was, uh, before I, I, uh, left off and, um, from the break, I was talking about the church and, and not necessarily any church in particular, just the church specifically, um, churches within Christianity in general of what's going on with this whole Rona thing and how some churches are, um, expecting vaccine passports and segregating their congregation based upon vaxxed and un, uh, unvaxxed status. Things that really aren't of the business or ought to be of the business of the church because their business ought to be bringing people unto Christ. What I wanted to do now is because while I was uh, in the break, I came across a post from uh, my friend Eric Musos, who we've actually had on the show before. Um, he, he's been very active here in Utah um, and, and fighting against the coronavirus mandates and having rallies and um, doing all sorts of things because it is a God-given right that we have the right to assembly, that we have the right to worship. And he's done uh, been an instrumental part within this state in, in being able to um, put our government, our state government in check. Um, and, and he's certainly not doing this alone. He's had a lot of help, but uh, he is certainly a, uh, a beacon of hope in, in, a, in a very dark time. And, you know, he, he writes some of the most interesting Facebook statuses and, and social media posts. He uh, just does a really, really good job of articulating of what's going on. And um, these are actually things that he sees and things that actually happen to him and his family. And I came across this post and I, I thought it was um, pretty apt to what I've been talking about. Um, he starts off by saying, I, I've had a few more messages about people worried about my standing in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because of the things I say online. Whether they are being passive aggressive or not, it doesn't matter to me where their heart is because I try to have mine in the right place. So I'll try to explain this the best I can. Two things can be true at once. The gospel of Jesus Christ being restored back to the earth through living prophets and human beings, a part of the restoration in any calling, can have opinions and thoughts about personal health, safety, and medical procedures that may be opposite of yours and that's okay we are not all we are all different and we can absolutely disagree in these topics and guess what it's not apostate if we disagree it's actually healthy if we do as long as we try to keep the love alive what is faith and trust my faith and trust and testimony isn't in an organization it's that is that hard to read and it's not in any man, including prophets, living and those who have passed. We weren't meant to worship men or have our thoughts hanging on what they say in every moment. That actually is very unhealthy spiritually and now physically, as we are seeing. I can't even trust myself. That's a tough pill to swallow when you think about it. Have you betrayed yourself? How many times? Have you ever done something you promised not to? So how can you trust yourself? You can't. Let alone another man. I can't trust myself that I will continue to screw up over and over, and that's about it. Can we sustain leaders in our church but not have faith in them? What is, what, what is the first principle? Faith in who? 
man? Are we asked to have faith in our leaders or faith in Jesus Christ? Think about it. My trust and testimony is in Christ and Christ alone. At least that's where I try. Why? Because he can't and won't fail anyone. He has already won not only every battle, but also the war. However, right now, however, right now, he is just watching to see if if we, you and I, are going to believe in him to be saved or not. That's all part of the test. Where does our faith ultimately rest? Him or man? For me, and again, my faith is not in me. It's not in any man, church calling or not. It's not an organization. And it sure as hell isn't a government that seeks to control everything I typed above and more. A government that seeks to be God. A government that seeks to control not only your actions, but your mind as well. And when you give those up, your soul as well. I have to say this with love, but how unbelievably stupid was the global population to really believe the government had things under control that they had our best interest in mind. These are the same people who've allowed over 100 million babies to be slaughtered worldwide in the womb since the pandemic began. And we're supposed to trust them with health and safety. To really believe they wouldn't lie. Please stop. Guess what, gang? They lie. Satan literally controls every world government out there. He has possessed every particle of society that hasn't turned to God. And it's getting darker. It's all prophecy. How many billions around the world are now not only scratching their heads, but now wondering what could be circulating in their God-given divine system that wasn't ever designed to be messed up with like this billions? It is, it's devastating. Yes, the, God, the gospel is true. And yes, massive mistakes can be made all at the same time. Or not. Maybe God tells his servants to have us do things to see if we will follow conscience. May, and what did he tell Adam and Eve in the garden? You shall surely what? Don't take it. When he desperately wanted them to. Both things can be true at once. People don't understand that, but God never intended us to rely on any man, organization, or ourselves alone. He intended us to rely on him. Can't you see? This is not apostate talk. Apostate talk is talking about anything that pretends to be the solution other than him. Let's talk apostate. To me, church is a very battered up and dented ship that has history of not always pointing directly toward towards the destination why because the storms arise and when the winds blow and men are trying their best to steer it they are but they are trying and to me that means something they won't quit and neither will i not until jesus christ himself comes to calm the ocean of unbelief with that said i believe it's all it's I believe it is the only ship right now with the most 
with most of the puzzle pieces and truths that explain and teach who we are. Not who the church is, but who we are. A church building or a temple won't be exalted. We will if we want. Now, what I will do, if they throw me off the side of the ship during the storm, what if some leaders on the deck throw you overboard? I'll swim. You'll swim. And we'll both make it because we know who our Savior is. There's certainly there's certain universal doctrines that cannot change. Certain principles that are true and unchangeable. Nothing can or will change them. Not a man. Not a church with men. Not an organization. And definitely not the government. Nothing. I believe if our testimony and or faith is not 100% in him and him alone, we will fail. But isn't that a comforting thought? That he is actually real and is the answer to all of this. That 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 is, we would just repent and actually come unto him. That helps me a lot. So in song, I'll finish my post. Follow the Savior. Follow the Savior. Follow the Savior. He is the way. I thought that was pretty apt considering what we are facing right now. And I, I, I jotted down some notes as I was, I was preparing the show for today. And um, I asked myself some questions. And is, what is the purpose of the church? And I answered that in the first half of the show. It is to minister and to bring people into Christ. I mean, that, that is plain and simple. That, that is the purpose, I believe, of all Christian churches within their own faith and their own uh, teachings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That, that is ultimately the, the goal. That is a common goal that all, at least I hope, all Christian churches share. Um, but I also wrote this down. People have free agency and by free agency, I mean free choice. The most righteous thing any church can do is the following. And it's not limited to this. This, these are just a few thoughts that I had lead with faith, not fear. Teach the gospel of Christ, not the world. I think that that is something that we have been so caught up in that that's what a lot of these big churches, these mega churches have been doing for so long. I think that's why they're falling to the pressures of the cult of COVID. It's because they've been teaching the teachings of the world and not of Jesus Christ. Minister and serve others righteously. And then four, um, never force people to violate their own free agency. People have the right to choose. They always have, they always will. You are not free of the consequences of those choices, but nevertheless, you have the right to choose, just like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden had the right to choose, and they made that choice. They were not free of the consequences of that choice, but they had the right to choose nonetheless. But then I also asked myself, what role does uh, 
do the churches have uh, to be involved in the world and in politics? And should they be? To some degree, yes. To some degree. Should politics have a place at the pulpit? Maybe in some degree, yes. There are, I know there are certain things that I wish my church leaders would speak on. And they don't. And I think part of that is, is at least in my faith, is that they, they don't want to muddy up politics with what their ultimate goal is, and that is to bring people unto Christ. Politics in of itself is a very dividing subject. The matters of the world can be a very dividing subject. Churches are meant to be unifying. They are meant to, again, bring people unto Christ, to minister unto them, to be a hospital for the soul, if you will. That is the ultimate purpose. So, they tend to stay away from these kinds of topics because they can be stumbling blocks um, for a lot of people. However, however, if they are going to talk politics, it should at least, at least meet this requirement. And that is, if it's used to further the gospel and the teachings of Jesus Christ, first of all, first and foremost. And that is if it's also used to speak up against the evil. So if it's, if it's against the teachings of Jesus Christ, if it's to warn people that these things are in contrary to the teachings of Jesus Christ, and they should be done with pure of heart and solely um, done within the realm of teaching and furthering the gospel of Jesus Christ, not your own individual political agenda. A lot of churches will do that. They will do so in the name of Christ, but then it's not. And I think that that is what this vaccine mandate has come down to. A lot of these churches are doing it in the name of Christ. But uh, the funny thing is, nowhere biblically do we see Christ casting out those that are sick from his presence. I mean, the man healed lepers, made them clean. He took sin from the world. He dined with sinners. He called people to repentance. We are in a very dark place indeed if this is the route that our churches are going. If this is the route that our government is going. First of all, <laughs> our government People are fighting against, as we've seen over the last two years, they've been fighting against um, all these mandates and regulations from the government. And we talked last week how the Supreme Court knocked down um, the, the Biden vaccine mandate, which was fantastic, by the way. But unfortunately, they um, they, they didn't uh, uh, strike down the, the mandate for healthcare workers, which was a sad, sad defeat, but again, as Andrew Coppin said on, on Friday, take the wins where you can get them. Um, we have been fighting and trying to get the government out of um, all of these mandates and regulations. Because again, they're trying to mandate medicine for all. 
in the name of freedom, in which, by the way, you're, you're doing it wrong. However, the right has also done this wrong too. Because anyone that has been trying to mandate against mandates and trying to mandate against any kind of medicine or treatment, unless, of course, it directly causes other people harm, of course, there is a level of, of interference that, that probably should happen there. If it is causing other people harm, then, then it's that's where government potentially should intervene and should prevent people from having their rights violated. But we're doing it wrong if we're telling people that we're going to mandate against things like the mask or against the vaccine. These treatments should be available to everyone. If people want to come to church, which I saw in my church yesterday, a good chunk of people right now wearing masks because they are, a lot of them are actually older and potentially have comorbidities. I, I, I don't know, but they are older and they want to do everything that they know how to do to be able to protect themselves. Now, the CDC and the New York Times just recently came out and said, well, cloth masks really don't work very well. N95s might have something, but it was good to know that, you know, what we've been saying for the last two years is uh, finally being admitted by the CDC and publications like the New York Times. Um, we can see the narrative falling apart, but regardless of the narrative falling apart, I still want people to have one thing, and that is their choice. If they want to wear a mask, wear a mask. I have no problem with that. If you want to go get the vaccine, go get the vaccine. I have no problem with that, and, and I, I really shouldn't say vaccine. I, I, I have a bad habit of saying that. It's the jab. It's a therapeutic. If they want to get that as their treatment against COVID and to prevent themselves against COVID, by all means, go for it. But all viable treatment should be on the table. All of it. And yet we shame people all the time for not doing what we believe they ought to do rather than encouraging them to do what is right for themselves and for their families. Again, we have no promise of tomorrow. We have no promise. Because we have no promise, let's go and get busy living so we don't have to get busy dying. You've been listening to Critical Thinking with Pat Oni today. Andrew Coppins will be back tomorrow. Until then, don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And let's go, Brandon. 